Hi there, my name is Jeannie. And if you're anything like me, you grew up listening to your mom's old Bon Jovi tapes. And if you're anything like me, discovering MTV and Fuse led to a radical reshaping of your music interests. And if you're anything like me, you love a hot noise. This is Get Into the Groove, the podcast where we find a groove and we get into it. And with me today, she's rich, rich, rich. She'll take you out, boy. It is Melissa. Hello. <laughs> He's a man who makes the devil pale. It's Colton. Hello. <laughs> and finally, the man with the fever to tell, it's Brandon. Oh, please. And um, tonight we're discussing the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's 2003 album debut, Fever to Tell. Fuck um, yeah. yeah. If I remember, we were all pretty excited about this, so I think we're all familiar with this album prior to sitting down for this. Yes, I use it frequently whenever I have like a rage moment. I kind of <laughs> do, just take it from top to bottom and then I'm good, you know? I just drive around a little bit and then, you know, yeah. I had never heard this album. You had not actually. Okay. Okay. I um, uh, have heard songs off this album, but I've not heard the whole thing. Uh, Yes. Maps was uh, uh, like uh, on GarageBand. Yeah. Maps was was. the favorite. Everybody knew that Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I wondered. So I guess the question that I was going to lead with my little interview question is um, what was this was this album for me, but what was an album that like hit you right at that like turning point of youth where you started like branch out into like listening to your own music and not just maybe stuff you'd gotten used to growing up listening to. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go right. I'm going to name three because I think there were three like distinct uh, artists. No, maybe just two, maybe two. Um, uh, Honestly, the album that uh, Mika, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, life in cartoon motion. That was a big turning point. I feel that's point true because I remember hearing that a lot. Yeah, when, I, when we were younger. <laughs> and then a little bit later, uh, it was one of the Dresden Dolls albums that I was like, that, that I started to like branch out into other things. Mm-hmm. Was it the one with Coin Operated Boy? It probably was. Yeah, it probably was. Which I think it's just the Dresden Dolls. Like I think it's just a self-titled album. Yeah. Um, the first. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna expose myself here. The first artist that I was like really hardcore about was uh, Stained back in the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first two albums that I bought, man, different times, um, was Break the Cycle by Stained, and this is with my own money I bought these albums. And uh, the other one was um, <laughs> uh, Under Oath's 2006 classic, Define the Great Line. Okay. <laughs> It was a dark time back then. I was going to say Stained was like, that was a heavy album. I remember that one. Like, And that wasn't even one of their heaviest ones. That was no. like, they actually started getting softer after that one. But is there a tune that somebody might know? Um, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since <gasps> I could stand. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Oh my goodness. That's the one. Okay, so I feel, I feel comfortable album. about confessing to you that I had an Evanescence phase. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. We've all, we've I think all... everybody had an Evanescence phase, okay, though. Yeah. 
I didn't. No. Was he, okay, this is this is a good point. I saw her do uh, what was that damn one song? The one my song? immortal that, is that one. Yeah. I saw her do it live one time and lost all respect for her and never wanted. You know, to I've it. heard what? that before. Wait, what do you mean? She's the worst breath control I've ever seen in my entire oh. life. Like that entire album is so curated because she can't do anything together. Like she has Let's to take a breath her. after two words. Oh my god! And it's not like it's hard. Mm. Not to be a dick, but it's not. Yeah, I didn't. I suppose. I don't think I've experienced her in any other way except for like on an overly saturated record. Mm-hmm. So I would never know. The, um, I think the primary thing I had was, well, first of all, um, the movie Daredevil <sighs> with uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh, and Jennifer Garner. And Jennifer Garner. Um, and um, <laughs> um, Michael, um, I, can't, I can't remember his last name. Big tall black guy, uh, <gasps> uh, Clark Duncan. Yes, Michael, Michael Clark, Clark Duncan. Duncan. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Oh. He's a great, uh, great uh, kingpin. Okay, wait a minute. Why did you bring up Daredevil? Because Evanescence oh, had a not my not my immortal. It had I was like, the bring other me single home or whatever. Or bring bring me whatever. Wake yeah. me up, wake, wake me up in that. Yeah, that one. <laughs> bring me back to life. That's yes, that's the one. Yeah, bring me back to life. That's the first time I heard them. And then my sisters bought the live album with the like the vines all over the cover. Mm. Do you remember that one? Nope. No, no. I, I suppose it wasn't a deep Evanescence phase. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, stained. Stained was like a big deal for me. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's what you dove into. Yes, it is. Probably uh, Good Charlotte. Oh. Was one of the first okay. ones. Yeah. You mentioned that before and, and I remember that smacked me upside the head too. I said, like, yeah. oh "God, I remember that face." Yeah, yeah, that one that one has a special place. And then <laughs> uh, I got really into Nelly, which is kind of how I got into <gasps> rap. Okay. Yeah, like I got very Good into choice. Nelly. Like it's weird because my dad liked him because he, I don't know if you guys know this fun music fact, but Nelly's uncle used to uh, get on him about his diction. And he's like, if nobody understands what you're saying, nobody's going to listen to you. So my wow. dad actually lo- allowed me to listen to Nelly because he understood everything he was saying. He's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you can do that because he's talented. And I was like, what? And then I found out that was like a thing. Like he strives to do that. Okay, That's amazing. He does it on purpose. Wow. <laughs> Oh, that, that puts me in a time and a place too. It does, right? Oh. I mean, you know, I was, ri- I was riding with it before I was riding with it. <laughs> Is he still doing things? What happened with Nelly? He was on uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood for a while, and I don't know if he's still on that. Oh my god, that show is so fucking funny. funny. Oh my god, it gets ridiculous after a while, but it is hilarious. He's kind of doing his own thing. I think he has a couple clothing lines and shit like that. But is it uh, it reality TV or? It's it's mockumentary reality TV. Oh, I see. I see. It's like Kevin Hart and his little. See, that's why I was wondering if it was serious or not. No, it's yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's it's very good. Highly recommend it. <laughs> it's really it's pretty uh, funny. And I'm gonna be so bold as to say that I'm not like a huge Kevin Hart fan. I only like some of his stand up. That's a really good show. Shit, we're ready for this journey. Okay. Shit. It's not even a long one. This is a pretty short album. Um Yeah, all the tracks oh. at the top are like like, like under minute two minutes, two. really? Yeah. Maybe three tops, and that's that's still a stretch. Yeah. I yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess a little bit of the history on this album. Um, around by like two thousand and two, the IIAs were a pretty well known act. Um, but they'd really only put out like two little like minor EPs. So there's this huge amount of hype over them. And um a lot of like 
not necessarily shopping around. It was more offers of uh, labels that were trying to get them to sign on so they could produce their record. And they were like, mm, you know, we don't really want to. So we're just going to do it ourselves, um, which wow. was cool. They funded the album themselves. Like they okay. were the ones who put it up. Um, and I know they were supposed to play like a big festival over in Europe. And they were like, oh, that's going to crunch that album time. So they pulled out of that, too. Um but they had like a major amount of hype in the time period right before this album came out. Um, but yeah, they funded it themselves. Uh, the producer is David Sitka from TV on the Radio, who is a band I'm not super familiar with, but I do know the name. Um, and I, I guess he was like the bus driver for a while for them too, while they were on their tour. Cause what, like, no, what a guy. Yeah, like his That's band was angel. doing its own thing, but also he was like, nah, I've got time to do this. Like, this is something I care about. Like, let's go for it, guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, but they were pretty well known for their shows largely. Like, they did a lot of like club shows, clearly. Like, that was kind of the, um, uh, by all descriptions, it sounds like it was like a declining era of like the New York club scene yeah. for what it was. Uh, we've talked about LCD sound system and yeah. uh, they were coming out around the exact same time and doing stuff as the yeah, yeah, yeahs. So um, I don't know. They caught this really nice wave of like sort of dance punk and also this like garage rock stuff because like at that point in time, the strokes and the white stripes were everywhere and like people were really into that. And so. Yeah, I saw that they because. The first thing I thought when I listened to this album was like, this sounds a lot like um, Dead Weather mm -hmm. later on, oh, yeah. which doesn't have anything to do with Karen O, but yep. it just sounds like that. Um, and then I saw that the cool uh, they the Yeah 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 started opening up for the White Stripes and the Strokes okay, like yeah. early on in their career. Mm -hmm. There was so much hype about them. Like that mm -hmm. was the thing. And like... I think that was why they did not want to sign with the label is they were like, we don't really want to get like sucked into something like record contracts can be pretty like shady at best. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't think you want to get trapped into something. Um, Especially if you have like a, a, a fan base in a particular scene that mm -hmm. is like specifically, you know, counterculture, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, <clears throat> I feel like a, a lot of those fans would just be like, nope. You sold out. No longer a fan. Yeah, you sold out. Meh, boring. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. We've had, I guess, a few bands that we've talked about from like a similar scene that they came out of. Um, and definitely that time period too. That's, I don't, I love this. Looking back on this time period, I guess, is fun. Because I'm like, I was like, you know, still pretty young at the time. A but wee like, babe. Yeah, but like. <laughs> This was like, this was the band that I like launched on, like latched onto. Like I was like, oh, like I loved Karen O. Like I thought she was so cool. I love the sound. Um, and I guess we can go ahead and launch into that because the album kicks off with Rich. Um, and it starts out just really simple. Nick Zinner is like on the guitar. Like it is never overly complicated um, before like Brian kicks in on the drums. And then like. They create this like really like simple sound that ultimately like gives Karen O this really nice place to like, yes, she kind of sings, but she does a lot of shrieking and like growling too. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> which is like, I, you know, that's a fun thing to jump into. It's, uh, it's really, um, it's definitely got a lot of punk elements in it, mm -hmm. but I think there's also like, especially the first part of the album is got a lot of dance music mixed into it too. Like, mm -hmm. like almost dance hall yeah. type stuff. 
like like a like LCD sound system. One of their like labels is punk disco. Like mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. veering in that direction. Yeah, a little bit. So something a beat to like move to. Yeah, and I feel like Karen O is really like one of the pioneers of that type of music, especially for women. Um, but yeah, yeah really this crucial whole thing role. just launches like it's zero to a hundred. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you ever played mm-hmm. a, uh, Hydro Thunder in one of those arcades, <laughs> they have the little thing that just like full uh-huh. throttle and you push the little, that's what it is. That's what yeah. this album is. Like you put it on and it's just bam, turbo. You. Yeah, it is. It definitely like, I, I guess the thing I like is that I feel like it definitely sets up a, it almost tells a story of like a night out. Um, and it, yeah, it yeah. kind of eases you in with this, like you're sort of getting out first and then it just launches into your full, like now like, you know, before you crash and you hit that downer point, um, which, you know, inevitably comes if you get late enough into an evening <laughs> and enough disappointments arrive. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. The punk aspect of the album, I think is something that I loved so much when I was yeah. a kid. Cause it was like, Oh, it's super simple. And like, None of it was overly complicated. Like even the lyrics never get overly complicated. Like it is a fairly easy to consume album. Um, <laughs> like this first track is rich, 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 yeah. rich, rich. It's a lot of repetition of, yeah, the same words. Um, but. Well, it seems that the first half of the album, the lyrics are a lot more um, disconnected, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like they're more stream of consciousness type stuff almost. I think they all kind of center around whatever point they're trying to reach, mm-hmm. but but it definitely gets deeper and more complex the further you get into. Oh, yeah, you get when she starts slowing end. down. Yeah, and then it starts to become more of these like thoughtful, I guess, right. lyrics or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they stay super simple in the beginning. Um, uh, I guess leading into it is "Date with the Night." I got a um, date with that night. And that's one of the singles, right? Yeah, that was the first single, which okay. I oh. will have discussions about the singles as they come out because I think they're worth talking about. Um, date with the night makes a lot of sense as a single, like yeah. for them. Like, I'm like, of course, like, why wouldn't you? Like, it, I feel like it encapsulates the vibe of what you expect from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, it's a, it's driven, it's very fun. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of those like little breakdowns where you get to hear her like doing her like growl, you know, is this the one that she goes, yes. Yeah. 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 Like she just like, wow, wow. wow. Yeah. She's actually saying rar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like just actually just growling away. Um, yeah, no, I love this as a single. Um, it like, yeah, it's a really great teaser and it pulls you into like what to expect from their sound. Um, we're going to talk more of the singles though, as we hit on each of them though, because they did, they picked the songs that they wanted to release as singles. So this one, I would say, yeah, made a lot of sense. And like, probably a lot of people were expecting it. Um, but as we get to some of the others, it's, I mean, it, it really does kind of follow that theme, doesn't it? Of, mm-hmm. of like a night out. A night out. Yeah. And this is the, like, this is the opening, right? Yeah. It's almost as if like, if, if you are watching this as a movie or even just like you're there, right? Mm-hmm. You're standing in front of somebody's house, right? And you hear the dun 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 And then like the drum hits, right? And it's Karen O kicking down the front door. Mm-hmm. And we're going out. Let's go. We're going out. We're getting rowdy. We pre-gamed. We are looking good. We're going out. Yeah. The fucking cab is here. Let's go, boys. Because <laughs> this was a time when there was no Uber. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's see here. What else? I made a note to talk about David Sitka, but I actually already talked about him. So um, we move on unless we have something else to say about that track. Um, I was going to say 
um, man and tick, I kind of put them together. They both clock in at exactly one minute and 49 seconds, like oh. each song. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's like not even a full three minute chunk right there. Um, and I know we talk about how it's like, it kind of accelerates us and like starts pushing us along. And like, I think both of those do a really good job of rolling you through that too. Like mm -hmm. we kick the night off and then suddenly it's like, like we're already talking through man. We've already gone through tick. Like it's like, it's like someone's telling you the story as you're walking down the street, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. but like at like a steady pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which one comes first? Man? Man right? first, yeah. Uh, I've got a man who makes the devil pale. <laughs> My whole thoughts on the first part of this album are that I feel like, number one, that I've heard probably not these songs, but these songs or maybe all of the like, yeah, yeah, yeah's imitations that came after mm -hmm. In all sorts of movies in like the mid two thousands, yeah, they it's seem very like, cinematic, like mm -hmm. action movie soundtracks, like fight scene music, stuff like that. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it does. It this music makes you want to fight. I feel like, yeah, yes, it does. Bit. Oh, it makes me just feel so violent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that the whole first half of the album has that vibe for me. Mm -hmm. That I've I've heard these movies and like some 2006 action movie or something like that. And if it wasn't in the Charlie's Angels soundtrack, it would have been, <laughs> I feel like the Charlie's Angels soundtrack was a little more on the smooth side in comparison. Uh, yeah. It was a little, little like a, like techno. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever. <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> okay. That's what we're talking about next week. <laughs> Charlie's, Charlie's Angels, Angels soundtrack. soundtrack. <laughs> Um, yeah, man and Tig both go by pretty quickly. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I can you can I, I have abandoned my phone somewhere. Can someone read the lyrics to both man and Tick? I mean, you don't have to say every single Tick. I'm probably going to ask for lyrics on all of them because I think there are a couple that I want to talk that about. Get a little, I don't yeah. have well, man, it's a lot of repetition of I got a man who makes me want to kill and I got a man who makes me want to die. Uh, we're all going to burn in hell. I said we're all going to burn in hell because we do what we got to do. Yeah, you well, and we got the fever to tell. We got the fever to tell. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. A man <laughs> who makes me want to die. I got a man who makes too. the devil pale. Yeah. yeah, I love that like triplet in one of those phrases. Um, yeah. Oh man, I know. Just, you know, I got a man who makes the devil, and it's bah, like, bah, bah, bah. Yeah. yeah, like it's just all just like the band just sinks up for a moment and then mm -hmm, goes back mm -hmm. to chaos. Like it's like, oh, <laughs> it's it's frightening. It's, it's just so right good. There. Yeah. Hmm. There's one. There's another song. I, I don't remember which one it was, but she says something about the word silence or something like that, and the band like cuts off. Yeah. Immediately. Oh yeah. That's pretty effective too. <laughs> all right. Uh, so what's tick? Uh, tick, 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 me, tick, tick. She just says, you make me. And then she says, you make me want to tick, 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 tick. Yeah, that's it. Because she's, she's about to blow over. off. That's a blow yeah. off. <laughs> she's just tick, 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 ticking away. Something that, um, man, I remember. So I love reading through all kinds of like stuff when I get to these albums. And I read the Pitchfork album review for this. Oh. By the, the, Eric Carr. He, man. The end all be all. He... Like, is permissible of Nick Zinner and Brian Chase as musicians clearly has no interest in Karen O absolutely hates her thinks she's like overly sexualized completely like yeah was not a fan of her and I remember being like well 
I mean, I guess everything is passe to somebody, you know, like yeah. maybe maybe you had like experiences with other like female artists. So like they didn't seem cool and revolutionary to you. Do a 13 year old girl. Karen O was like amazing. Like she like shaped so much of like how I wanted to like dress and like the thrifting I would do and the shit that I would buy. And like I remember buying these cool pair of shoes that I was like, this is something I would imagine she would wear, you know, like. Pitchfork is notorious for being. Like, oh, I know. And uh, but I still read the album reviews every time we do. Like every time we do an <laughs> album, I always pull up whatever they wrote about it because I'm like, I want to skim through and see what they say. Like I want to see what kind of shitting they needed to do on this album. Do, have you ever come upon any of the uh, like they do a like a repeat review? Like a, oh, oh, now that we know more. Yeah, I think right. I did see one of those, and I don't remember which one it was, but I do remember they went back and they're like, "Okay, so this is a re-review," and right. I was like, "Okay." Now that this album ended up being a classic, we'd like to change what we have <laughs> yes. to say about we got it. Something else to say? You um, guys really it. liked it, so we'll say it. We were wrong. We were wrong. Good for them. Good for them. Wait, I'll to, give wait it. Come out and I'll move that. it from a four point eight to a six point six. <laughs> That's so generous. <laughs> yeah. Pitchfork irritates me. That's okay. I like reading them. They hated Karino though. Like they hated her. And I was like, man, like and they I get it. Wrong. Like it is, it's kind of a sexy album. Like, which I thought was a, you know, at that age, like that's the kind of thing also I was into. I was like, yes, I am also like we feeling weird feelings right now. Like, I don't know what sexy actually is, but like, Whatever, somebody's out here kind of setting a tone for it. Apparently, as a very wild woman. Yeah, I, I suppose I never knew. I guess maybe I never knew that as like a a, a negative or. How, <laughs> never anything. turned me away from an album. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> how how wrong they got it on Karen O to Pitchfork because she's like a icon yes. <laughs> in the rock world in so many ways yeah, yeah. in so many like, ways fashion get, rock yeah everything. fashionably wise like i mean she's done a lot of stuff too i'm pretty certain she's married to spike jones she did a lot oh, of music that, for, that makes oh my god that makes so much fucking yeah sense. she did the music for um <laughs> where the wild things are where the wild things are she did music for the movie her right like, She's yeah. gone on to do a lot of stuff. She worked with Danger Mouse and like put out like uh, it was Lux Prima, I believe. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which was, was uh, I've never actually seen that. I remember wanting to see that. Like I was like, that looks super cool. And then I think I saw it like advertised in a movie theater, like a trailer for it, and I was like, oh, I need to go see that. I'm sorry, I'm confused. I thought you were talking about because she did release an album. She did of put that. out an album, but it was like a whole like it was a visual art spectacle that she did. So there's like. The whole like videography thing that goes with it. Wow. Yeah. Oh fuck. So, anyways, like, oh, clearly an iconic woman, like, right, especially right. for this particular music scene. You know, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the dead weather, and like, I feel like Allison Mosshart was in the kills too prior to that, and like, I mean, Karen O inspired a whole like generation of female, of these, like, female like punk rockers, singers, yeah. yeah. Um, which we hadn't seen in a little while. And mm. I guess another thing that I noted is like some people were like, oh yeah, she's got like, we can see some similarities like PJ Harvey or like Susie from Susie and the, like Susie Sue and the Banshees, you know? I um, felt like, I felt like the late nineties and the early two thousands were all about Kim Deal and Karen O. Kim Deal because she started doing the breeders after the pictures. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, the breeders like were the a pretty big I deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know her name, but the breeders. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were like the two big 
female rockers of that time. Well, and of course, you know, Alanis Morissette. And- yeah. <laughs> of course. Some, one of my coworkers was blasting Alanis Morissette the other day, too. I was like, nice. My God, I, I didn't realize this. So, you know, you guys, I've seen the Taylor Hawkins headlines of him. Yes. Do, do you know who Taylor Hawkins is? No. He was the drummer for Foo Fighters. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I have. Um, I didn't know this, but he was Alanis Morissette's drummer before her, her jagged little blue tour. Yeah, before um, he started working for Dave Grohl. Wow. Yeah, and wow. I just keep seeing all these like different people that have worked with him. Like Stevie Nicks had a whole thing about working with Taylor on um, the Foo Fighters, and her played a live version of Gold Dust Woman. Wow. Um, yeah. But yeah. A legend was lost. Yes, truly. Mm. Truly was. Um, and I, I'm i curious to see what kind of comes out about it because I guess he was in Colombia when he died. They found 10 different drugs. Yeah, in they found system. 10 different drugs oh. in his system. And I, yeah, it just seems interesting. I don't know. That's a lot. 10 different substances. Yeah. That's even for, for people that do a lot of drugs a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, they also weren't specific about what substances. Exactly. Oh, yeah. so it could have been so like. So three or four of those could be shit he takes every day. Right, yeah. exactly. And then the rest of it could be whatever was cut with whatever. So He see. probably didn't even know he was taking. Which is the yeah. scary thing about drugs right now, too, is like there's so much stuff that's cut with other stuff that you like. It's yeah. a lot of the reason why the current epidemic is happening is. Way too many narcotics out there that people are getting a hold of that are mixed with things. So be careful doing your drugs. Make sure somebody knows that you're doing them and can check on you and take care of you if they need to. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good PSA. Um, I was going to ask you specifically because Mm. I saw somebody suggest that there is a Zeppelin-esque aspect to some of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah songs. I could maybe see it, especially in the fact that they're, were they a trio starting out? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Led Zeppelin was a trio. Okay. Maybe Um, that's it. Like there was, I feel like I can kind of hear it. Like I'm like, yeah, I can kind of get that. Like they do have that like. I mean, a lot of people said the same thing about um, um, White Stripes Mm -hmm. as well. And there's a direct connection there. That like heavy rock sound. Yeah. And the, the relationship between the guitar and the drums, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good mostly where, it. yes, that's where it mostly comes from. That's I think. why I asked you, Colt. I was <laughs> like, you're going to have a great way to phrase this. Like, cause I can see what it is, but I was like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it is. The, it is the relationship between like the guitarist and the drummer and how they're yeah. like, working off of each other. No, it's not exactly the same. Like I'm not going to be the guy that like praises Jimmy Page as one of the greatest of all time, but like he was a very good guitar player. Yes. Uh, but definitely that whole everything is based around what the drums and guitar are doing, really. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what was happening with them as well. Yeah. Nice. And I guess they weren't technically a trio. They were a quartet because they had the instruments playing and then Robert Plant and they was had singing. A Robert Plant out front. Yeah. And yeah, this is Karen O instead of Robert Plant. Both showmen though. I love watching old Led Zeppelin videos. They're very silly, but also like what a like ferocious front man and yeah. also absolutely gorgeous hair. Like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Good old Robert Plant. <laughs> Wait, so what it I I guess I don't understand. I don't know the like who was all who all is in the band, like what the band com- Are you talking about of? oh the yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. just Nick Zinner is the guitarist, Brian Chase is the drummer, and then it's Karen O. Yeah. 
Like it she's is just the three playing, of them. Yeah? She doesn't play anything. Oh, she just sings. No, it's just the two instruments and her singing. It's her singing and her um, like super charismatic stage presence. Yes. Yeah. Which was like such a big seller. Like she did crazy stuff on stage. Wow. Um, I've seen, did you, have you seen, you've seen Kitten. Um, Cause yes. she gets pretty wild on the stage too. And yeah. I think it's a, you know, like I think it was a very similar thing. Cause like there was a period in time, like I know I remember reading another article that like Karen O like was jumping around on stage and like something got uh, like a, something got knocked off the stage, like a speaker and like cracked her in the head and <gasps> she was like done for the oh, night. Yeah, like, yeah. So, you know, like, I mean, it was not, yeah, she was like, she was a very wild front woman and like, of course, people are like, that's fun and entertaining to go watch. Some people get too riled up. I don't remember. I think it was the used, I think, that was really big on stage dives for a long time. Yeah. Like climbing up to the top of the yes, like, stage I remember that. scaffolding. What's his and name? Jump. Bert? Bert something. <laughs> um, but Bert. he stopped He stopped doing it and he said in an in alternative press article at one point that he... <laughs> He had somebody put their whole hand up his ass while like, while he was crowd surfing. Oh, yeah. So You're asking for it. <laughs> yeah, so like they're passing him along. One person's just like, wow. But <laughs> Burt McCracken, I think, or something like that. Yes, that's name. exactly what it is, Burt McCracken. Oh, yes. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the used. The used. <laughs> what a time. Also a time period. Similar, close <laughs> to this. I liked the used. I was into the used. There were a couple years after this. They were, yes. More I was like going to say, I was, more, I was more into this. I remember having a conversation with someone where they were like, oh, were you like an emo kid? And I was like, no, not quite. Like, because I usually identify with like this, like the yeah, yeah, yeahs is like, that was more. So I put myself more into this like punk art horror category thing going on instead <laughs> of like an emo kid like yes i dabbled in emo music but i was still ultimately like a weirdo art kid instead you know i feel like the early 2000s were a weird time for music but there are some real gems that came out mm -hmm. of that time frame especially in the like 2006 to 2008 time frame a little later on in the decade mm. we had you know black parade that we've talked about previously yes Whole bunch of stuff. White I stripes. Do, I do like the the. We've talked about a lot of these guys too. Yeah, I feel mm -hmm. like the category of uh, uh, punk art whore. <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I. Technically, art I've art. heard of art ho is the term, but <laughs> whatever. Like, who cares? Art ho. Either works, you know. Like, uh, it's what I aligned with. It's like I'm clearly yeah. Whore has got an edge. Do you like boys with swoopy bangs? I did like boys with swoopy bangs. <laughs> that right? constantly did this. A little bit. Now I look back and I'm like, ooh, not so much. But at the time, I was like, yeah, that's a thing. No, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of adult women now who, if they saw a boy with swoopy bangs, they would still they have would like a little revert like. revert back to that. Oh, no, yeah. what are you thinking? What are you thinking? <laughs> Get it together, Susie. <laughs> You've grown. <laughs> it's not 2007 anymore. Not 2007. <laughs> um. Let's see here. I wanted to mention who did the mixing on the album uh, because his name is Alan Mulder. Um, and he wound up doing a lot of mixing for a lot of acts, um, such as, including but not limited to, he worked with the Jesus and Mary Chain. Um, he worked oh. with the Smashing Pumpkins on like several of their albums and a couple of Nine Inch Nails albums. 
um, Marilyn Manson, The, the Cure, Depeche Mode, like. Wow. Yeah. So like this is a guy that they like pulled in to do the mixing on this album, which I was like, that is pretty cool. Like a solid stack up, especially when this is your first like this is your self-funded debut album. And you're like, we're going to have this guy like he's going to be the mixer. The more I get into doing professional music stuff, it seems like the person who mixes and the person who masters your album has an actual impact on like who thinks it's worth anything. Yeah. Um, there is a weight. I mean, I could see that. There is that weight, where yeah. You're like, yeah, this guy has worked on these other albums. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, a well-mixed album is, like, noticeable, like, in quality over something that it's is true. Sure, shittily yeah. done. I, I could uh, imagine how this could easily turn into trash. Mm -hmm. um, could have, maybe could have been a dumpster fire, you know? Like, <laughs> There's a couple of bands out of Wichita, like, like metal bands, who um, have had Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath producing their work, and they're getting, like you know, really solid traction. shows traction yeah. because he has his name attached to the product oh. and it, not to discredit them. It is good stuff, mm -hmm. but that name carries weight. <laughs> so it helps to know people, especially yeah. in that particular industry. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure they All paid the industries for it. We dabble in, but you know, I'm sure they probably put, you know, a good chunk of change into having him produce that album. So I can only imagine. Mm hmm. So where do we get to? I mean, I think the last thing we're, we're talking about. Black Tongue. Yeah, Black Tongue. I have tongue. a detailed <laughs> list of notes, and I'm trying to maintain conversation while not sticking too much to my notes. <laughs> so every now and then I'm like, look over here. And then also um, Black Tongue's one of my favorite tracks. I remember getting, I bought the CD after only having heard Maps. And I remember oh, yeah. like, I had this like, the CD, like I love the cover of it. And then like you flip it over and like read through the, and I remember again, this is like one of the first like, First bands I had like actually dove into myself, like this was me discovering music. And so I remember like flipping over and like reading the song titles and being like, what is this? You know, and, like Black Tongue like stands out. I was like, yeah. what is this? Um, this was a favorite song though. I loved this one. It's a good one. I really uh, like this song. Uh -huh. And it sits in a, we've been talking about like the pacing in the uh -huh. album. This one sits like right in this point before like the night takes a dip. Like, yeah, it's like the night has been really fun. And then like, this is like, you're at the bar and the person that you like a lot is there too. And it sounds like maybe they brought somebody else with them and suddenly your night's about to get real bad and you're about to get real shitty. Which sucks because all the drugs just hit at the right time. Yep. <laughs> and now you're just like, boy, you're just a stupid bitch and girl, girl you're, you're just, just a, a no, no good, good dick. dick. Um, God, I love it though. That was, that was fun to listen to too. When I was that age, <laughs> these top tracks, I feel like, uh, while they are repetitive and there are not a lot of lyrics, she captures things like mm -hmm. really well, like an attitude or a mm -hmm. vibe or whatever, really, really well, just like in a couple snapshots. of phrases. Yeah. Cinematic snapshots too. Like it yes. moves, like it yeah. does move like a movie. You could yeah. make it like, you could make a music video out of all of these together. A boy, I would want to. She was going for the whole art punk mm -hmm. vibe, which is very much, you know, very imagistic yeah. type stuff that doesn't really tell the whole picture of what's going on right just, you just enough flashes of the story of yeah like enough that it's going to be like some sorry something that makes sense to you and is nostalgic to you without being somebody else's specific instance like you can fill it in almost with your own story you've had this night before yeah right. like guarantee it you've had this you're night supposed before. to be hitting on like like splashes of emotion rather mm -hmm. than telling outright what it is that you're talking about <laughs> uh i just because okay so melissa uh a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week, 
you sent me a screenshot of that uh, status that you had made after it was my 21st birthday plus I think maybe we were celebrating something for Kendra and then also St. Patrick's Day. Um, And I have like all of these memories, right, from that night. And I was like, oh, sure, yeah, we had a few good nights out in Kansas City. One night. It was one night. It was one night. (laughs) It all happened in one night. Oh, wow. No. (laughs) You guys had that much fun in one night. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was all fun, but most of it was a good time. It was a journey to say the very least. Yeah, it's a I mean thing. the first the first few times that I came up here before I moved here, there were some <laughs> adventures like the electrosexual venture. Oh yeah, <gasps> oh. yeah electrosexual. That's <laughs> no, I'm sure Melissa remembers that fun. Do I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> One dangerous car ride to an equally dangerous business that is now no longer open. <laughs> oh oh oh! Mm. <laughs> we're not gonna go into detail. Yeah, that that was also a night. <laughs> it was the scariest Mini Cooper ride of my life. <laughs> oh my god! I've never sat in someone's backseat, and if you've ever driven with me, you know that this is weird. I've never sat in someone's backseat and just put my head down and prayed. <laughs> I closed my eyes. I didn't know where we were. I didn't know. There was said, a hand on the ceiling. As long as this car does not go airborne, I'm fine. It turns Just out. Don't let it go airborne. It turns Colton's out half, you didn't want to know. Was out the fucking <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was like, oh Jesus. If he'd hit a bumper on, Colton oh, would have died. Fucking the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. It's terrifying. Woo! Yes. So, yes. Familiar are these nights. Yes, I can relate to this album a lot. Yes, yes, indeed. Boy, you're just a stupid. Bitch. I feel like there were a few times in uh, Emporia that had about the same feeling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wild night. Yeah. Moving on. Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. We hit on Pin, um, which was the second single released for this album. Oh. What are your thoughts, Jeannie? <laughs> they wanted to release Date with the Night and Pin, and those were the singles. Like, that was it. And I've said Date with the Night makes a lot of sense. Pin, that's a hard single to release. Like, and I can probably see why they chose to do that, because I think following up with what everyone's hype and expectation of the IIAs were, this is a song where you start to get into... Mm, a little more of the writing, I guess. Yeah, it really takes a, a little bit of a turn. It is it does. A, a completely different vibe, even though yeah. it's still 120 miles an hour, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, it, it's like a little, oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. So you, you said that you wanted to talk about the singles. Yes, because the other singles, we're going to hit on them. There are two more uh, right, singles yeah. that technically are released as singles. What I'm curious, and I don't want to jump the gun on this if you're mm-hmm. holding it, I have always wondered why Maps has always been like the biggest song that came off of this album. We're yeah. going to talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Because right. uh, that's the one that I remember yeah, from this album. Yeah, that is the one that everyone remembers. Right. I did not encounter any of the other songs on this album yeah. until I bought the album. And then I think after I'd had the album for a while, I think I do remember seeing a music video for Date With The Night, I think is the one that I saw play like, a few infrequent times. Yeah. Um, and that was like, that was it. Like mm. otherwise maps was the one that you saw everywhere. Yeah. See, I, I've listened to the second album, the egg mm-hmm. 
a lot more. It's Blitz. That was, yes, I think, technically Blitz. number three. I think you're right. Yes, I think Show Your is. Bones is number two. Yes. Like, what? I've heard that one a little bit more than I've heard Fever to Tell. Yeah. Um, it's Blitz. Yeah. yeah. Fresh in the egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it, I guess. Yeah. Because that's always been my curiosity. Because Maps is definitely a signature yeah, yeah, yeah song. Yes. But I feel that In it, our minds now. In our minds now. Yeah. But at that time, I feel like the first half of the album would not indicate that Maps is even by the same yeah. band, mm-hmm. yeah. let alone on yeah. the album. Yeah. Yeah. So Pin was what the band wanted to put out as their second album. Okay. Or second, not album, second. Um, single. Single. And so it did get released as a single. Like they did. Um, and that one came out in June. So the album, like the full album, I think got released in like it was August. Um, oh, so wow. they started so they really putting, like built up to it. Yeah. So yeah. Cause they put out the first single in like, I think April is about when they put out date with the night and then they put out June, uh, pins and then they like actually kicked the album out in August. Um, um, pin and it's, it goes from pin to cold light and then to no, no, no. And I know we have talked about, I love musical suites. Um, clearly we delved into some of that when I drug you through the torturous car seat headrest album. Oh, torturous um, is too mean of a word. <laughs> um, but there's a couple of those on there and I feel like these three, like, because the mood changes for this like album within those three songs, but I also feel like they sound like they could roll together into one almost, um, so it's almost like she's got a nice like three acts happening. Yes. Like the, just the rough and wild first act. We've got like a little bit of a, I don't know, troubled second act and mm-hmm. then like kind of a and then we kind contemplative of resolve a little. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like this is like we said, this is the point where the night starts going south. Like things are not so good. Um, the problem is, I think the big problem that I have with pin is like a single is because it sounds like those three should be rolling together. It sounds kind of incomplete. Like Mm -hmm. it does not feel like a finished song. So, you know, you move through pins and then it's suddenly like cold light. Like, was there a reason to have four singles? No. Well, so pressure for them to release maps is why they eventually did it as a single. And it was because literally everyone was like, this is it. Like this is everybody was like, this is the song. And like the band just like they had, they really fought it. Like they're like, no. And I, I think it's because. Save it. We'll, okay. we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> we'll get there very soon too. Um, yes. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, my thing is, is like, since they all feel like they're a continuation of each other, it's really easy to like feel weird about pen being released as a single. And so then you just like roll through, like the three of them sound like they go together. Um, no, no, no is like probably one of, that's another one of my favorite songs on the album. It's also the longest song on the album. It's like five minutes and 14 seconds. It always makes me laugh too. Cause it's no, no, no by the yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no is one of the longer al- songs on the album. I also think it's when we start getting into the lyrics that are, yes. I mean, there's still some repetition in this, but we right. start getting into some of the like, I love the one where she says, he'll never come back as the man you dropped. He'll never Mm. come back as the man you love. He Mm. will always Always come come back back as the man man you dropped. dropped. He will never come back as the man you love. And I'm like, damn, like, oh, what a way to wrap up that like little suite of like shitty, the night got shitty. And like, that's what you're dealing with now. Like you went out to have fun and then you saw that man and you realized you were like, damn, I used to have feelings for him. And you're like, you know what? Actually, it doesn't matter. Like that person is not here anymore. Like, a person doesn't exist. That person doesn't exist. You had to come to terms with that. 
Yeah, I think that's like the primo example of like how she captures just a, a whole sentiment in uh, a few words. Mm-hmm. A whole story, really, in a few words. Yeah. And then it, like it kind of, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, I would have been really curious to see the early performances of this stuff to see if she is also telling kind of the story of the album as, she, as they're performing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, to start the concert off rough and rowdy and then end it off with something slower, more thoughtful. Because, you know, I'm sure there's a fair bit of performance beyond just jumping around stage yeah. and doing yeah. energetic oh, yeah. stuff. You know, they're I mean, art she, punk. They're telling a story. Yeah. She does do, and I mean, she goes on to do that in a lot of stuff. Like, she's really good at expressing, like, vulnerability and, like, some of those softer things. So mm-hmm. it's fun to see that in contrast. I bet. I wonder if you could dig around a little, too, probably on the old YouTubes and find something. Probably so, yeah. I might I might dive into that, too, because I feel Cause like I can just imagine. I've seen some of their, like, live, like, performances and stuff, too. They did one, and I can't remember what album it was from. See, I'm just imagining them, like, when they first started performing, doing, like, shitty little art galas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And everyone's like, yes, this <laughs> is so great. It's noisy and aggressive and it's sexy and I love it. I love it. That's exactly <laughs> what it sounded like. Edgy. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what those art people were saying. Too. This just does something to me. Get me all. I, I feel like that was me, like, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so... It could because it does. Do it does. I feel like this is like at the point in the album, like definitely cold light because it like switches back and forth between like mm-hmm. rhythms. It feels like the are sort of losing balance. Mm-hmm. And then the no, no, no. It's when we actually like midway through the song, we kind of fall down and like the rest of, you know, the night catches up to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all like segues nicely into the rest of the album. The, the finish. Yeah. Yeah. Maps. Maps. The thing that everybody knows about this album, the song that was not intended to be released as a single. It didn't get released until February of 2004. So like a good seven months, I think, after the album actually came out, Hmm. which is odd. Was it? Oh, by the way. Did it happen to like, did it get a lot of traction? And that's why they decided they. I I don't know that. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I'm going to say yes, it probably did. Like, everybody who heard it was like, this should have been your single. Like, this should be it. And, like, that was why they eventually came out. And they're like, okay, we'll make a music video and we'll release it as a single. And, like, I mean, it's how everyone knows the yeah, yeah, yeahs. This is something to talk about, too, because we're talking about a time where I feel that you could not as easily track how well your single was doing because you were selling CDs. You mm. weren't selling singles. Like, you had radio play, sure. But I'd were be we curious. in Napster era by then? Like people were. This is two thousand and three. Kind of so yes, still. I but thought also Napster kind of closing out at that point in time. Closing um, out, you say? Yeah, I mm. think at this point in time, music was starting to shift over to like a lot of MySpace. Oh, stuff. yeah. And I guess iTunes would have been doing a thing too. It was a weird period in between, like buying physical medium and also stuff was starting to be available for streaming online. I guess that's technically what they were doing at the time, is it would have been streaming at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I only bought this album because I heard maps like that. Like, I mean, it was on MTV. Like I watched a lot of fuse. Um, that was my favorite one. And then then it's a whole seven months after it had come out. Yes. And that's when you finally heard it. Did was maps 
Maps wasn't their first video, was it? No, technically okay. they made a video for Date with the Night too. Now, but, did like was their did their production value jump? No, it was still within the same realm. Like, okay. I think everything stayed very much the same because I'm pretty certain. Like, I eventually saw the Date with the Night video, but it was like it was after Maps was already well known. Like, so well after the album had been released, I'm sure a good year or so before they started like teasing it on stuff. And I, by that point in time, I was like, oh, I have this album now, and like. Oh, it's cool that there's a music video to it. I never saw it prior to this, but whatever. And of course, at the time, I did not know the history of this. So I was just like, cool, like good for them to just burst on the scene with this cool song. I've pondered this many times in my life. If perhaps because we live in the Midwest, this is why we caught on the tail end of a lot of. Probably, yes. Because I always feel like I heard about the White Stripes like way after they were like a big thing. It was harder to access that stuff. Yeah. We don't have any radio stations around here who was playing like they, they no one was playing that kind of stuff. Yeah, they don't play the cutting edge. They play what Mm-mm. is a what's hit. established. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and most of that still lies in the realm of like pop music or like if like alternative rock was still pretty big at this point in time sure, too, yeah. you know? So like Lincoln Park was still like a big thing at the time. Like I think Korn was still doing stuff like Oh. people were still familiar with those things. And so like when you get into stuff like stuff like this hit so far under the radar that like it wasn't a um, established enough genre for anyone local to be playing it other than like maybe, maybe like college radio stations. Like you might get lucky. I do catch the like KU college radio station play sometimes. And like they do play some fun stuff. I'm always <sighs> like, nice job kids. Like that's pretty solid. It's always like, that. Um, uh, I feel that. The coasts get all the like hip, fresh, new stuff at first, and then it kind of slowly trickles its way into mm-hmm. the yeah. Midwest. Yeah, I think they have so absolutely. many more like radio stations. I think to do that, they have radio stations. The big record companies, a lot of them mm-hmm. are out on the coast. That's the industry itself is the people out controlling on the, the industry yeah. are on the coast, right? So, oh, speaking of recording, they recorded this at like a tiny, dinky little studio. Mm-hmm. Headgear Studios, which after they recorded there, a handful of other acts that we have heard of also went on to like record their albums there too. So wow. um, I think they closed back in like 2012 though. So not Damn. a long running one, but. R.I.P. It was a legend. Enough so that it attracted people. So yeah, they wound up putting out maps because they had a lot of pressure from like literally everyone in the industry. They were like, this is it. Like this is going to be your like selling piece. And if you don't put this out, like you might not get noticed. I mean, they weren't wrong. They were not wrong. But it's definitely not a song that is super indicative of what the band sounds like overall. Yes, it doesn't. And I think that's probably why they like really put the brakes on. Like it was a, it was a song that I mean, yeah, it sounds amazing, but to them, I think that they were, which is interesting because the latter half of the album gets a little out of the realm of what the rest of their music is. Right. So, I mean, it's like the last like three or four songs that you're like, okay, they kind of veer off, but. Yeah, it's the beginning of the last like four songs that are the whole coming down portion of the, the mm-hmm. album. But yeah, Maps was super popular. It was on Rock Band. A lot of people loved that. You saw it on MTV. Oh, that's YouTube. what it was called. I called it, it made Garage it on Band the radios. Earlier. Rock Band is what I meant. Um, Guitar was Hero. It? Yeah. Rock oh, Band. yeah. You okay? Yeah. Um, the album wound up getting nominated for a Grammy. Um, didn't I think. Win, but I think three or three of them have been nominated for Grammys. Probably, yeah. I, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they're just as much on the with the big league as they are in the the underground part of it. Yeah. 
I think probably a lot of people felt like they, for all of the hype they had, they probably had the right connections. And maybe that's true. I could not find any actual details on that. Like maybe they got into the scene with like enough money under their belts anyways to be able to like wiggle into room that other people maybe would not have had the chance to. I feel perhaps that they just happened to have a really interesting look, really interesting story. You know, they just did what they they sold themselves really well, mm-hmm. which I don't think they probably looked at it as selling themselves, but that's what they did by accident. I mean, so. yeah, that's kind of what you got to do anyways. Too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's definitely a part of it. You have, you have that whole aesthetic that you bring as an artist is definitely part of what you do in both good and bad ways. So after maps, <laughs> good song made me buy the album. Also, yes. it is sampled on a handful of like other things, and multiple people have covered it. The White Stripes have covered it. Yeah, um, she does have a writing credit on Lemonade did, because that's what yes. uh, Hold Up is. Hold up. sort of has that structure. Has that little song yeah. bit in there. Yep, I had that as a note. Um, yeah, Anderson Pack also covered it. Hmm. Um, so I remember watching that one time. I was like, fun. Um, yeah. God, that would be that's an interesting I'm gonna have to okay look into it yeah do um, some research yeah moving beyond that is Y Control which also got released as a single it was right, the final yeah. single um, and they did make a music video for it and a lot of people kind of had a weird reaction to the music video because it's got like a bunch of little kids basically acting like vampires yep and um, there's like a dead dog it's not even a dead dog it's like a stuffed dog but They're, they were like the least controversial, controversial band at the time, I feel like. Yeah, like how could they be controversial? And yet for some reason people were like, oh, that's weird. Like, I think they were just kind of irreverent. So people yeah. were like, oh, oh, you can't do that. Oh, can't do I love Y Control. It's also a song I love on this album. I love the guitar on this. Like it's got that nice little like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something about it that can like. Use your phone to look up lyrics. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> what do you, what do you. Uh, for the, for this song, are you talking about um, when you say guitar? The well, there's that, and there's also like every time she does the like I wish I could buy back. Yeah, like it does that. Okay, yeah. It's just like it's yeah. It's got that like it it fills out sound wise really well considering it's one dude. Like, and I know that that is like effects and like that's how that works, but. I don't know. I like I like the fullness of sound that you get on that particular song, like with Almost everything else like, that's going on. It's all coming together. Mm-hmm. Like it's all like this is is okay. Is this the second to last song? Yes. Okay. So this would like constitute musical theater terms as an eleven o'clock number. Yeah. Something that's like towards the end. I think there's maps, two Mike. songs. But this is two songs before the end because there's modern romance between this and poor. And then there's song. a hidden track. Okay. Yeah. Poor song is a. Hidden track. Oh, right? is it a hidden track? Yeah, technically it's a hidden. <laughs> I mean, now that we don't use CDs, CDs right. it doesn't count as a hidden track, but um We see you. We see you. You know how Yeah, it was a hidden track. Maps and Y control being right next to each other is a really good pairing for pacing. Mm-hmm. Really, really help you bring the, the mood down a mm-hmm. little bit. Y control is still delightfully upbeat. And I think right. the thing I like about it is it sounds like it sounds like what Yeah Yeah Yeah's goes on to be more of yes. too. Um, definitely. Especially by the time you hit like It's Blitz. I love It's Blitz. That is a great album. It really is, yeah. It's top to bottom really good. And it's a little little lighter than Fever to Tell. It is. It gets a little dancier yeah. at times too, which was really fun. Like 
And that was something they did really well too, is like they had those fun dance hits. Like I feel like the dancey thing was something they wanted to do the whole time. They mm-hmm. just really locked into that punk aesthetic at mm-hmm. first and then they decided, eh, you know, maybe we want to groove a little bit, you know? Wish I could buy back the woman you stole. Wish I could buy back the woman you stole. Yeah. Um and also uh I agree. The uh is zero's on its blitz, right? Yes. That's a fucking good dance tune. Yeah. That's what I always kind of think of Yeah, 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 as, as, as like a dance punk mm-hmm. band. I mean, that's not entirely the whole truth, but that's, I feel like, what they became with its blitz and kind of moved yeah. into that later on. Had a chance to work through some other stuff. Um, she was just a lot more angry. Show Your Bones. <sighs> I've never I heard think Show was their second album. And that one, they started to, like, move into that, I think. That makes sense. They li- yeah, they, so... The Y control, I think, definitely is like, I think that is a really good sound of like what they moved into, Um, because I feel like they got away from that heavier punk sound that they had. Um, It still exists, like it's definitely still there. They don't lose touch of their roots by any means. I'm sure that when they play those songs live, the people lose their goddamn minds Mm -hmm. over it. Yeah, and then technically, technically, we end with modern romance. However, in the time of CDs. There was a hidden track too, um, which is interesting that it's uh, uh, the poor song. You know, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. perfect like little bookend, mm-hmm. antithesis, and all that shit. Extra stripped down too, yeah, because that one is mm-hmm. really just yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of just Karen O by herself, and then eventually you get a little guitar and drum in there, but it is like bare bones. Yeah, and I really liked Modern Romance itself mm-hmm. as well. I felt like it was. Um, it's really indicative of her lyric writing too. Mm-hmm. She's very much got a different sensibility about her. I feel. I yeah, I I just like the yeah yeah yeah. It's like yeah. I just enjoy them. I think I think lyrically, like I really enjoy what they do. And I know that like I think a big thing people tried to hammer them for at first was they're like the lyrics are so simple and they do start out really simple, particularly on this album, but. It's because I think she, at least I noticed for this, it seems like they are like just whole, leaving stops in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're doing this trick right now. So this is what we can do. And then we're doing this trick over here. And we're doing that over there. And then our lyrics are really good over here. Mm-hmm. And then here's a song where they all come together. Yes. Like it, it is very much like she is waiting to use the lyrics for the right time. I find that in that first half that she's, the lyrics are almost more of a, a decoration for what's happening with the guitar and mm-hmm. the drums. Yeah. Like the lyrics almost take a back seat to the the music that's happening. Cause it definitely the lyrics bring much more of the emotion in the second half, where the first half, the abrasiveness of what's happening in the music gives you those like those flashes of anger mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and lashing out and partying and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, some of the insights. Right. I love listening to albums. I think this is a great album. Yeah. I think it does a good job encapsulating a storyline. I mean, Which from, is my favorite thing. It's from kind of the last golden age of albums, you know, mm. as we've gotten into streaming services and stuff, it's not so much about albums anymore. There are still great ones being made, but it's not the, the accepted norm is not making albums. It's making mm-hmm. singles and EPs, which is still its own thing that you have to do. There's no discredit to that, but... Yeah, those early 2000s, you really get some great collections of... Knowing how to make a good album. Mm-hmm. 
It's a lot more of a gamble too. So much more of an investment of your money and your time and your creativity. And not knowing how things will do. Right. Maybe the singles you picked out are not going to float. So you got to go with something else. No, I, I, I know. I don't know. I, that's the one thing I've always appreciated about full length albums is that it is so much riskier, but you get to paint so much more of a picture than Mm -hmm. just with an EP or a single. I don't know. Makes me a little bit sad, but at the same time, I don't think that it's a bad thing for singles and EPs to be kind of the focus because it means you have to really put everything you've got into less time. Mm-hmm. Different kind of thinking, different yeah. kind of yeah. craftsmanship. Truly. The stakes are much lower. <laughs> While also being maybe a little higher pressure. Yeah. Perhaps. Higher pressure? To do more with less, oh, oh, oh. basically. I see. I see. Yeah. But I mean, you you know, the, it's kind of even shocking looking at their whole discography and the fact that they've been around since the early 2000s. They have four mm-hmm. studio albums. That's it. Yeah. Because they've released them pretty far apart from each other. Yeah. They put them out every couple of years apart from each other and they only put out a couple of them. And right. then, like I said, Karen O went on and like, she's, I mean, she's pretty consistently like, she's definitely... She definitely had like a heyday, I think, where she was putting out a lot of music. Like, right. I think 2008 up to like 2011, like she was cranking a lot of stuff out, even as late as like, I guess, 2013. Um, but then she kind of scaled stuff back and she still put out a couple of like special projects. And I believe Nick Zinner still does a lot of like working with other groups. And like, I think he had his own like other offshoot group. Like he still does stuff. And I think he does dabble in like production and stuff now, too. Um, but like as a band, I think the last time they actually played together, I think I read was like back in like 2017. Um, and that was the first time they'd been together in like a stretch of years. Wow. So. Well, if they're anywhere, they're going to be at, it's, uh, uh, this ain't no picnic in August. What is that? It's a, it's a, a music festival. LCD sound system was playing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought for a second you were talking about that um, when we were young fest, which it, what what happened with that? Does anyone know, know what I'm talking about? Nope. Oh, I do remember what the you're huge, talking about like, because like, it was a huge one with all the names that Carsey Headrest was supposed to play there, and right. then it was like literally like all these emo bands that everyone had grown up, and it like it was huge, and it was also by Live Nation the people that did Travis Scott's. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, and it was also like. It was pretty sketchy on like what was going to happen and how they were going to have that many acts crammed into it. And also it was like a, like no refunds, like type yeah. of show. Like, so I'm like, like 200, what? 250 bucks mm-hmm. per person for a ticket. And every band was going to play for like 20 minutes. And instead of they, they were like, after they sold out the first day, they were like, That's we're going right. to do a second day, that, like, the same out. set list, the same order. And then they're like, and then we're going to do a third day. And it's like, like, that what was it the fire festival yeah that's like kind of very strong fire festival and i haven't heard anything about it it did drop off of the map that was like that was just a couple months ago and i remember seeing it i feel like that was like november or so uh it didn't happen just the hype about it like they they like launched it I feel like my chemical romance was supposed to be a part yes. of it too. Like there it was, was so- like it was all of these like all of the things that you remember from that age like there were so many bands that were like they saw the social media announcement for the festival and they were like, Oh, we're playing this. 
Mike, That's you, never a good sign. Gerard Way tweeted something like, I guess we're playing this festival. Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. Which is probably why we don't hear anything about it now is because... It's they supposed to be didn't have any of their contracts absolutely they released nothing. Any of that. Yeah, it's supposed to be October twenty second, twenty third, and the 29th in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> this year, this year. Oh shit! Yeah, we'll they see. keep insisting that it's a hundred percent real and a hundred percent going to happen. We'll see. <laughs> That's enough for me to say it's a hundred percent not real and hundred percent <laughs> not going to happen. If you have to tell me that. Not buying into it. Yeah. I ain't buying yeah. shit. <laughs> Especially with no refunds. You're paying like $200 a person. Yeah, that's so see, expensive. That's the thing. Like no refunds. Like get the fuck out of here. Like especially when we're living in like, I'm sorry, but we're still living in a pandemic. Like. And I loved. There is the nothing to be sorry about Jeannie. I loved all the people that Thank were you. like, <laughs> you know, who would never charge you $200 for a ticket with all of these same bands. Warp tour. Warp tour. <laughs> <laughs> Really cut him deep. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> well, that's anyway, that. yeah, that's that. That's that. What happened. are we doing next? Do we know? <laughs> oh, we're done. We've met. We've reached the end. <laughs> We've reached the, the end, end of the show. Okay. Yeah, it was just right. very casually split it off yeah. into other topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, next next time we reconvene, we're going to be talking about. A very theatrical album. Oh, it Lord. is. I would never expect that from you. <laughs> Meat Loves Bad Out of Hell. Ooh! Goes in height. Sounds great. <laughs> the smell of Sounds sulfur made her, made her sneeze. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, we may or may not be joined by a very special guest. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, catch up on your meatloaf. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. I haven't Get listened it. all the way. Cats up on your meatloaf. <laughs> cat soup on your meatloaf. No, cats. That's ketchup. Thank I you. understand. Okay. I get it. Sure. Yeah, the I kids get it. these days don't know that the it used kids, to be spelled children, cats up. They okay? don't know. Cat they don't soup. know that it used to be cats up. It's cat soup. Cat soup. Soup prepared cat with cat. You. <laughs> 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 That's a delicacy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Moving on. In hell. <laughs> Um. Yeah, we're listening to Meat Loves Bad Out of Hell. Um, great. All right. Is that well, it, Jeannie? Do you want to lead us in saying goodbye? Yeah, I guess I have to. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah, I think so. Bye. Gotta chug some Fago real quick before we start this episode. <laughs> a little trashy, a little classy. That's why I like, you know, those are my roots. <laughs> this is getting to the groove. <laughs> Let's go, girl. Okay. Speaking of roots.
I um I uh had sworn off of SNL after they had Elon Musk host. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any episodes since that one. But um Shelby put on um I can't remember who it was, but we watched the Oscar Isaac one like right after that, or at least the intro of it. It was so funny. He used he showed clips from a movie that he made when he was 10 years old with like his neighborhood buddy. And in order to put these clips on the show, NBC had to like make a like a licensing deal oh with him for. So they like like signed his movie from when he was ten years old to NBC. <laughs> now I I I he said that it was it was a real thing, so I'm sure that he probably you know played it up a little bit, but they may probably actually made him sign some kind of release papers to use it. So, but yeah, it was really funny. He sold the rights to his. Movie that he made when he was 10. It's amazing. <laughs> there was the scene he showed where he was like supposed to be like training in a sequence and like he pauses this for a second and it's like his friend's dad is like cleaning the pool in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's charming. <laughs>